0: There's hope Christians that are out there that feel like there's got to be more, there is more, and it's watching the Holy Spirit work through you every day. It's an adventure that we get to be on.
1: This is The Unseen Story, first-hand accounts that reveal God's love and power in the lives of His children. What God has done for our storytellers, He lives to do for you. Hey guys, welcome back to The Unseen Story. We have a powerful testimony for you guys today, so we are just going to jump right in. You're listening to Tom's story, Power Evangelism.
0: Hi, I'm Tom Rottolo, and I'm the founder of CityQuake. I uh, have been a Christian 43 years, and I have been going passionately after uh, the power of God and the love of God in my life for all 43 years. Became a Christian way back 43 years ago at University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, and I've been after the the, the main question that I had in my life from way back has been how do you reach the hard ones? The, the very day I became a Christian, a guy with uh, shared the four spiritual laws with me. So he shared a track with me. You think oh you know tracks are not very good, whatever it was powerful for me because I had never heard the story of how Jesus died for all my sins. Like I heard that Jesus died for sins, but it didn't like connect. And I didn't realize that the Bible promised eternal life. And so, from that very day, I was excited. I actually, on the way home from the Student Center at University of North Carolina, I was talking to people about Jesus, not because Carl, the guy who shared with me, told me I had to. Just I was just so excited to know what Jesus had done for me, and I just started living for the Lord every day. My life changed radically so much. I stopped doing a lot of things I shouldn't have been doing, and started just loving the Lord, living for Him, and. But from that day I noticed a question started going through my mind, and that was, how do you reach the, those that, how do you reach those that are atheists that are from another religion, another background had a bad experience with Christianity and uh, I knew the answer was in the power of God. I knew the answer was the way that Jesus did it, but I didn't know how to get there. I didn't have any good models for healing you know the the model for healing that uh, that I had was like somebody on TV, like putting their hand on somebody, and it looked like they're pushing them. And, you know, or or the prophetic in church with somebody standing up saying, talking in King James English, you know, thus saith the Lord. And and I just thought those models just aren't going to work good at a grocery store, you know? And so I was, I was trying to figure out how do we do this for people? How do we open their hearts up? Because their blindness sometimes is so thick in, in people's hearts and minds. Well, I'm going to fast forward. I was, I became a pastor at two church plants, Christian Counseling Center planted in Connecticut, and uh, just chugging along. But uh, it's a long story. John Wimber comes along in the 80s, and I uh, he's the one who started the Vineyard Christian Fellowship. He was talking about signs and wonders, and miracles, and and he was telling stories about at the airport and at the restaurant and things like that. And I thought, I got to listen to this guy. I want to hear him more. And I ended up becoming a vineyard pastor and and pastoring a church up in Connecticut. And but, but still, I felt like I didn't quite get there. He died in 97, and I felt like I'm still not there. Here's what I was thinking. If I could get to my batting average of being 500, meaning that when I prayed for a sick person, half of them would get healed, then I would start doing it. Like a coffee shop, or you know, out there. But until then, I'm going to practice in a church setting, and I'm going to pray for Christians. And my and at that point, my batting average was like not very high. It was like maybe five percent of the people were getting healed, and I thought I, I don't want to embarrass God, you know, out there in the world. So, uh, so I kept thinking. I, I looked around. Randy Clark, he's another Vineyard pastor. He he started Global Awakening, and he was seeing maybe 10, 15% in his, his meetings, uh, healing meetings. And so I started hanging out with him, going with him, traveling with him some. And, and uh, my percentages were going up. I was seeing more people healed. And, and some of them, you know, some conditions that were like some, not just a pain in the knee, you know, it was some other conditions. But then in 2000, went with him to Brazil. Uh, he, he brought a team of about 100 people to Brazil, had these meetings in some churches around Sao Paulo, Brazil, and I felt like I stepped back in the book of Acts. It was like everything that I read in the Bible, I was now seeing in these meetings because we were having 70, 80, 90% of the people heal. and there was like some that was indisputable, like blind eyes, people that were blind from birth seeing, or deaf ears hearing, or tumors literally shrinking under your hand. You'd pray and they would just disappear. And people have been paralyzed for years. You know, Uh, I mean, not just, you know, they gave them the wheelchair on the way in because they were limping a little bit and then they got up, you know, later. No, these are people who've been paralyzed for years and years, couldn't walk and literally running around the room. And I'm like thinking, oh my Lord, this is like so amazing uh, to be able to experience something like this. But then also, I was thinking not just I want to be in more meetings like this. I, I'm thinking, what if we could transport this from Sao Paulo, Brazil to you know a Costco or a you know a Walmart or something like that in the United States, the revival would break out. I mean, the the people would, it wouldn't be me having to say, come to Jesus. It would be the person who just got healed saying, I the Lord just healed me. You know, I mean, they'd be declaring it. And I thought that's what needs to happen in the United States. I was telling Randy Clark hey, we need to do more of these. And he was like, yeah, Tom, I, I would love to, but i lose so much money on these trips outside of the United States. I, I, can't, I have to save for like a year. I ended up like blurting out, I'm gonna write you up a plan, Randy, and, 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 and wrote him up a plan on the flight home of how the, the Lord, I, I thought, could work in terms of bringing these teams and getting people out of, uh, getting pastors and leaders out of the culture of the United States and into this supernatural environment wrote him up the plan. Uh, he, he said, yes, I want to try it. Tom, help me do it. And so I cut down on some of my counseling, you know, some of my pastoring responsibilities. And in 2001, we did four trips to Brazil and they were all off the charts. I ended up going to work for him full time for Randy and Global Awakening and had the most amazing time working with him for seven years. But here's what happened. About two, three years into it, I wasn't quite happy. like I was loving all the power. I was loving all the supernatural, the testimonies. We'd have hundreds, thousands on every trip we'd go. But all the testimonies that would happen there in Brazil and then on the people that came back to the United States, they all started with something like this. They were all like at our church service Sunday, uh, at our healing meeting, at the conference we just had. And as much as I loved what came next, I wanted those testimonies to start with at the restaurant, at the gas station, at the convenience store. You know, I mean, that I wanted those testimonies outside the church. And so I was scratching my head and thinking about this and how can we do this? How can we get it out? And Bill Johnson comes on some of these trips with Randy because they're really good friends. And he begins to share what happened at the uh they're out in Redding, California, at their Bethel School Supernatural Ministry, some students were going to the streets and they're praying for people at like In N Out Burger and Barnes and Noble and the grocery store. And they people were coming to the Lord in literally minutes, like not and not just like people who are like close to the close to coming into the kingdom. These were like atheists and drug dealers and witches. And, and I'm hearing these stories and I'm thinking. And I'm actually telling Randy Clark, Randy, we need to do something like this. We need, you know, this is all happening at their, at their school of ministry. Let's start a school of ministry on the East East Coast in Pennsylvania, because we're in Harrisburg, just outside of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And so he's like, yeah, let's do that, Tom. And he says, you do that though, because I'm really busy. I'm traveling a lot, but you, you start that. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm really busy too, but I'm really hungry and I want to try this. I want to see if this can work here in what I think of more hardened ground of uh, Pennsylvania. So 2006, we start, start the Global School of Supernatural Ministry. This was the day that changed my life, really. Um, had 50 students, full-time students. I wanted them trained up in power evangelism. So I knew we had to go out. I knew I had to send them out. So I'm getting ready. The next day, I'm going to divide up these 50 students into 25 teams of two send them out for about two hours, have them come back. And I'm praying, Lord, I hope this works. (laughs) Because I had seen it happen in Brazil and in India and Pakistan at that point, but I'd not seen it in the United States. So I'm praying, Lord, tomorrow when they go out, these 50 teams, would you let at least two or three of the teams of two have a good experience so that people wouldn't get discouraged and not want to do evangelism anymore, you know? (laughs) And so... um, so we send them out the next day. They come back after two hours, and I ask that question. I'm a little bit afraid, like, uh-oh, what if nothing happens here? Um, I said, if you have a testimony, something that God has done, come up and share it. All 50 students stand up, and I'm like, I, I-, I thought they misunderstood my question. I'm like, no, 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 not a, not a t- I clarified, like, not a testimony from like five years ago or how you came to the Lord. This is only for what just happened in the last two hours. And they're all like, look at me like, we understand. That's why we're standing up here. And, and I'm like, okay, go for it then. And so I stood off to the side and I'm listening to these testimonies one after another and I'm overwhelmed. I'm like, I've not heard these kinds of testimonies in the United States before it. And there literally people are getting healed. People are are are, are coming to Jesus. People are, I'm one one story, cool story of a suicide getting uh, diverted that day, two ladies. They're leaving the mall. They'd already prayed for a couple people. They're about to leave the mall. One of them gets a pain in her lower back, and she says, "I think I just got one of those words of knowledge." We hadn't even taught on words of knowledge yet, but she but she knew about it. And so so and the other other lady says, "You know what? I just got a pain in my back. Let's look for somebody with a pain in their back." So they look around. There's a kiosk there, and they go up to the kiosk. Some people, some ladies are are there at the kiosk. And there's like a, this jewelry kiosk, but they they say, did any of you have a pain in your back? Well, these ladies are looking at them like, what are you, where are you from? What are you doing? And But one of them says, I have a pain, you know, I have a pain in my back. And they say, well, we wanna pray for you. Well, the lady says, okay, and starts looking back at the jewelry. And you know, what she's thinking is they're gonna go home and pray for her. And they're like, they realize that and they think, like, no, we wanna pray for you now. And she goes, at the mall? You know, and they're like, oh, it'll just take a second. So they go, she goes, okay, now she's really like not on page, like just really uncomfortable. And uh, and but they say we'll pray really fast. And, they, they, and they're like, Can we put my hand on your back? And she goes, Okay, you know, <laughs> and and so so they pray for her really quick and uh in the name of Jesus, pain leave. Uh and then and when they say amen, the lady says, Amen, meaning get away from me now, (laughs) you know? And they're like, no, we want you to test it. And she goes, all right, well, like, it mainly hurts when I walk. And so they're like, well, just walk around just a little bit. So she starts walking around. She starts trying to make it hurt, you know? And she can't make it hurt. She comes back and she's, like, starting to cry. And she's looking at them, like, studying them. And she says, with all sincerity, are you angels? It was around that time when Touch by an Angel was on, you know, and 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 she's trying to figure this out. And they're like, no, we're here from the Global School of Adventist Ministry and we're out praying for people. And she goes, and she's really crying now. She goes, you don't understand. She goes, I was at home this morning. I woke up this morning. I was so depressed. I feel like I cannot live another day. I have a loaded gun at home. I came here to this mall, to this jewelry kiosk, to buy a ring, put it on my finger, and go home and shoot myself are you sure you're not angels? And they began to just pour out the love of God into her and tell her about Jesus and the plan, the good plan that he has for her. And it just totally disrupted the enemy's plan. Over the years now, we've seen that happen hundreds and hundreds of times where people had a plan, they were going to commit suicide and the Lord interrupted it that day because a Christian stepped out in love and prayed for that person, loved on that person. Anyway, it's stuff like that. That day changed my life. And I said, Lord, I want to use the rest of my life, if you'll have me, to training up the church in power evangelism. And so, uh, the Lord gave me the, the download for a ministry called Power and Love. It's a four day activation conference where people go out, not only get, you know, hear speakers and worship and ministry, but they go out because that we have to learn to overflow out there. And over the years, we've done 116 Power and Loves. I've now started City Quake, which is now even to spread it more within congregations. But it's basically taking the power of God out there with us. That as Christians, we really have put in uh, you know, a bushel basket over our light. We, we've, we've had this amazing power of the Holy Spirit in us. And we all know it. But the problem is we've not gotten confident in it. We've not gotten confident in Him, I should say, and that He wants to flow through us today. But here's what I love: I love when Christians who who know that God heals today know that God speaks to us today, and they step out the first time, and they they step into somebody's life and they say, Hey, you know, is this going on in your life right now? Do you have pain in your lower back, or you having uh, are you having problems with your shoulder or whatever? And the person goes like. How do you know that? Are you psychic? And they're like, No, I'm. I'm just a Christian. I hear God, and and I I I want to pray for you. And all right, if you want to, and they pray from, and that person's healed. It opens them up to the gospel, and we've seen that happen. I mean, not just hundreds, not just thousands, but tens of thousands of times, where where Christians will get excited about. I know that the power of God can th- can flow through me today. And Jesus said that that we're gonna uh, be able to display our good works in such a way that will bring glory to the Father. What was he talking about? He says, let your light so shine that they would see your good works and bring glory to the Father. How does that work? Only way I know how it works is the supernatural coming through our works. I was a good person for a long time. I was a pastor. You know, I'd open doors for people and be nice to people. But people never came up and say, wow, you got an amazing God. you know, But when you begin to pray and you know I just think of a story a couple weeks ago I was in an appointment and the receptionist I was talking to the receptionist and I just happened to say to her um, when I you know I I set the stage by saying you know sometimes God speaks to me and I think he's talking to me about you and she was like okay and 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 I said uh, you know and I had no idea actually what I was going to say I, I, said, I said, sometimes God speaks to me and I had no idea what I was gonna say to her. And she goes, okay. And then I'm like, okay, Lord, you gotta give me something. And I just thought, marriage. There's a problem in their marriage. And there's a couple people around, so I like got a little quieter and I said, there's, um, are you having a struggle in your marriage? And immediately she begins to cry. And I knew I was onto something. And I, just, I said, let me just pray for you real quick. I said, what's his name? She told me his name. And I began to pray for her and her husband. And she was just like, you could tell, she was like, I don't know what to make of this. And, uh, and, and so, but it just being able to have that where it opens up the crack in people's lives to be able to, to make them want to know more. You know, in the past, I was always trying to force what I knew about Jesus into people, now I don't have to, I don't force it anymore. I let them want to know it because there's hope Christians that are out there that feel like there's gotta be more, there is more. And it's watching the Holy Spirit work through you every day. It's an adventure that we get to be on, not this boring life. And we just wait for the next conference or the next exciting meeting. The supernatural is not supposed to be external to us. Just happening out there in our meetings is supposed to be flowing through us every day that Jesus said that the rivers of living water are supposed to flow through us. And I just hope they'll flow through every person listening to this podcast.
2: All right. Well, there's, there's Tom, Tom Matolo, the adventure of power evangelism. I think maybe is Tom's, uh, life journey, life mm-hmm. story. Yeah. The line that kind of resonates with me is that, um, He said he he tried to, he said something like trying to force people to know about Jesus. Hmm. And now he waits for people to ask about Jesus Hmm. because of his actions, because of his connection, I feel like, his relationship to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And I think that's really powerful. I love that part of the story. And um...
1: You know, it's interesting when you said that. I just thought, yeah, when the ladies were healing Uh, or when God used those two ladies to save that woman's life. I just think that's so powerful that if it weren't for them saying something, you know, being, um, aware enough to say, I don't typically have back pain. I think, I, I think God's trying to use this to tell me something. Hmm. The Lord saved that woman's life.
2: The, evangelism to the stranger has always mm. just the random encounter mm. is something that is outside my wheelhouse. And so Tom's story and his examples are a, a good push for me to, to be aware mm. of the opportunities that are presented and the people that come across my path. Because I do think it is, it, I, I want to have those kind of adventures. I want to have those kind of stories to tell.
1: We just invite you, listener, into the adventure, you know?
2: That was the, we talked about this this morning, and maybe we'll close on this, just the batting average thing. Like we read, we both read Co., which is a, a book about this, Bruce Olson, who um, shared the gospel with this Unreached people group down in South America back in the seventies, and he's had a powerful ministry there for decades now. Mm. But there, that tribe, Jesus kind of spread through that whole entire tribe, and they had seen some miraculous healings of uh, some of their tribe members. And but in that book, they taught the tribe's view of miraculous healing could come through a pill. It could come through a doctor, a surgeon's hands, a doctor's hands, or it come. It could come miraculously with no explanation. Mm-hmm. And from their worldview, their theological perspective, it was all God. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was a really healthy theology of healing. It's all God. I think we get confused and twisted up, and it creates uh, doubt in how we pray and when we pray and stepping out. Applying your faith out in the world is the answer. Yeah,
1: oh, 100%. And and Tom said as much like, man, we, we have hid our power under a bushel.
2: Yeah. Hope this story encourages you to be aware and to step out.
1: Yeah. And, and if you do, if you step out by faith, After listening to this podcast, let us know. We want to hear that. Um, We want to hear these stories of how um, the testimonies that God has brought to us have impacted your life and um, the changes that followed after listening. So if you have your own story of power evangelism after having listened to Tom's story, let us know. You can email us at theunseenstory@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. We hope you have a great week. Love you, guys. God has called us to share His stories, and we invite you to be a part of that mission. For more information, be sure to check out our website at theunseenstory.org. Thanks so much for listening.